Welcome to the Engaging Personalities Podcast. I'm Anders Belanger, founder and CEO of Engageify, where we're on a mission to rehumanize business through engagement. We believe that we can all be more successful if we can command attention and deepen connection. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on a future episode. So let's get ready to engage. Paul Bramson is a trainer and speaker who leaves his audiences empowered, energized, and ready to rethink how they connect with others, both professionally and personally. His company works with Fortune 500 and 1,000 organizations such as Verizon, Thomson Reuters, and KPMG. Now, Paul is considered a global authority and thought leader in the area of sales, leadership, communication, interviewing, and negotiation skills. Paul's natural effectiveness to reach his audiences comes from his sincerity and tremendous passion he has for the messages he delivers and the audiences that he works with. Here to discuss what it means to be a true pro, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Paul Bramson. Paul, welcome. Hey, Andrews, it's good to see you. Yes, good thanks you. thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Sure. Um, Paul, I, you know, let's start with this pro concept because all of your trainings and your keynotes, it's like a pro at the end, right? All of, you know, the different expertise you have. Yeah. What does it mean to be a pro in your opinion? <laughs> Do you have three hours, Andrew? <laughs> we got this? half I mean, an hour. You're on Can Winnipeg we... time. Fortunately, you got three hours. <laughs> all right. So have you ever watched somebody and you thought to yourself, oh, it's an amateur hour. This is amateur hour. Mm, yeah gong show but, yeah gong show would he be even worse in my opinion uh i thought to myself you know let's come up with programs to help elevate so when people are in front of people whether it's sales leadership whether your customer success for that matter we want what it means to be a pro is do you have a skill set that is refined and honed so you can engage people from i'll just use a communication perspective, whatever your craft is and how, and in either way that you have to communicate, if you're doing that in a refined, honed, polished way, to me, you're coming across as a pro. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the things that we're focusing on when you talk about sales and leadership training and communication training, we're trying to elevate to a point where somebody says, that's not a waste of my time. This person has done this before. It's not amateur hour. I'll use your phrase. It isn't the gong show. For the, your audience that's even old enough to remember that. <laughs> so, you know, it's, there's something you said about being a pro there in that sales piece. Like there's something about being in good hands, right? Yeah. Like yeah. when you are, are and, and I'm the same way, and I think maybe you are too in the sense when, when you're in the hands of a pro and they're selling you, you kind of like kind of go, damn, yeah, you're good. I, all right, let's go. Like let's, Trust, like, right? Confidence. Yeah knowledgeable. I, I feel like we can keep going in this conversation. I'm not embarrassed to introduce you to other stakeholders. Mm, yeah. All of that. Good points. Really. Yeah. Good points. I, I think about, and, and again, I talk about this in, on the podcast that I did a lot of magic as a performer, uh, you know, uh, over the years. And yeah. I remember being at a, uh, it was a, some sort of real estate kind of convention kind of thing, but they had an MC who was an amateur comedian. Now, emphasis on the amateur amateur and, and every time he got up there 
he would try to make these jokes that were just falling flat. And everybody was just like, you know, the, the, this is kind of before cringeworthy was really a term, but you know, that's what was, was happening. And then I was like, Oh my God, that's, this is not good. Like I got to go out there, you know, after dinner and do my show. Dave. But going out there with confidence and they just felt like they're in good hands. It's like, Oh, take me, you know, yeah. just like you, they just want to go with you. So, um, so that is what you're instilling in people in your, in your keynotes and your trainings is All that. for people just to be like, take, take me like whether it's sales and, and yeah. And, and, and when you, you said something interesting, you take me, I feel comfortable with you. Yeah. Now I'm going to open up and listen to you. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to, and we'll get into some vulnerability, allow for candidness, all of that. When you, when you instill that in somebody, when you evoke that emotion where people feel comfortable, it's, you're, you're acting like a pro mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. people today expect pros when they're engaging, people are busy. Nobody has time to do anything. Yeah. They don't have time to interact with people. So if you're going to interact with somebody, you need to interact like a pro. And I, th I think that the bar is set so high now, Paul, in, in the terms of let, let's just look at, you know, the Amazon effect, you know, of, of you get yeah, things good. now quickly, good. frictionless. I don't need to talk to you. I can research it with the right. Amazon effect. Right. right. Okay. So, right. so that idea that if you are going to connect with someone, you better make it worth their while because there are so many other ways to purchase these days. They're just the, yeah, all of that. They're fed up, you know, they're, they're ready. Can I piggyback on the word connect? Yeah. So this is the difference between good and great Anders. This is the difference. So when, when people say connect, what we're finding and what I find is people don't really understand what that means. Fundamentally, mm. they understand what it means to connect with somebody. They don't know how to do it though. Mm. And what is so popular now and what really resonates with people is learning how to connect with people because people are dynamic, people are fluid, people are different. When they learn how to truly connect through words and phrases, that's when you go from good to great. That's when you go from maybe triple A. I'm, I'm going to use baseball. I know you're a hockey guy, but we'll go, we'll go with triple A. Oh, junior, juniors. You go from juniors to, to, to the NHL. Yeah. And that connecting piece is really difficult. People don't know how to do it. They've never been trained. They've never been coached on it. They get what it means. They just don't know how to do it. So to me, that connecting piece is what absolutely separates an amateur from a pro. Mm. And, and I think I see something happening or I hear it as, as we're talking, you know, before we started recording, you know, the behind the scenes piece, you know, you were talking about you in Winnipeg and, and you, you, you were connecting with me before we even started, right? You were building trust and a bond between us. And now you've referenced hockey, <laughs> Winnipeg for me, right? You are framing everything for me, right? And so I think for the listeners right now, they're actually hearing you at work in terms of, you know, building that connection. Would I be right in saying that? You'd be a hundred percent right. Although I'm doing it subconsciously, mm -hmm. but intentionally. So I shouldn't mm -hmm. even say I'm actually doing it intentionally. And I've done research before I walked in to talk to you. So there is, there is, yes, I am pivoting. So you're, you're talking about pivoting to the person that you're talking to. I am, hopefully I am, there's some, there's some, some educational guesses here, of course. 
but I'm pivoting to you, Anders, to better connect with you so can we, we can have a healthy, more productive dialogue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so now you, you said you did your research. Now, is that something that you teach or train in, in terms of people making that extra effort before kind of like, you know, almost like a pre-connection Homework. So I'm glad you brought this up. It depends on the depends on the experience level of the audience. Will depend on how much I go in depth. But I, I'll tell you something that I say to people: Don't be an amateur. Make sure you do research on people before you talk to them. Get on LinkedIn. Don't tell them you're going on Facebook. Don't tell them that you're going on their Instagram. But get to know them a little bit before you talk to them. Because when people talk to me and try to sell me something and try to engage with me and they don't know about me, it irks me. Mm. It irks me. So yes, I do get into that, not in depth, because there's a fundamental, when you talk about researching people before you speak, you always get, sometimes you get eye rolls. I do that. Do you really do that? I'll tell you who I'm finding. The younger generations need to do a better job Mm. of this when they're selling. Sometimes they're going through the mechanics. You would think through technology, they'd be doing that. What I'm finding is a lot of them don't do a lot of research before they're talking to the person. They they almost wing it, Mm. almost making it up as they go along. So Depends on the generation. Will depend on how much research people are doing. Talk about Generation X and the Boomers. Yes, the, the Boomers are still in the workforce. They know the the they get the importance of researching. The younger generations, the later Millennials, now the Gen Zs, need to do more of that before they speak to people. And, and do you think you know, like what, what what you were just saying, when someone doesn't do research and they're they're talking to me, and I know they haven't done the research automatically in my mind, I'm like, oh man, they're going to waste my time because of all these things they should have known before coming into this, right? Correct. That depending on how you're built, depending on your underlying need, which we talk about, which I talk about in keynotes, depending on how you build will depend on how much that resonates. If you're one of four underlying needs and you pick one of the underlying needs, I'll give you the four. Yeah. Need to be right, need to be liked, need to be safe, need to look good. If you're one of these four, and, and you're not talking about doing any research on that person, it's really going to irk them. You want to guess which one it is? Need to be liked, need to be right, need to be safe, need to look good. Which one do you think wants people to research them before you walk in the most? Need to be right? Or that need- would be number two. That would okay. be number two. Very good guess, by the way. You got three left. It's either liked, safe, or look good. Look good then. Wow, great guess, Anders. <laughs> Thanks for Ooh. the hint. Thanks. I love the Canadians. <laughs> so depending, now you wouldn't know, you may know that through research on LinkedIn. Somebody does a lot of posts. They talk about themselves. They have pictures of themselves. They're not shy about themselves. You could, you could start to glean somebody's underlying need yeah. just by the research you do. Again, it's not scientific, but it's educational guesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can almost see some of those overlapping a little bit, right? Too the kind sure. of like how, how sure. people can be visual, auditory, and kinesthetic, but it really it's a mix of, you know, those different learning and styles. And the underlying right? need, yeah. you have different degrees of all four. That's exactly right. right. And right. as I'm talking to you, I'm trying to truly assess your underlying need. I think I got you pegged. I think. <laughs> I'm not going to go there yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's going to be like a little bit. Of, I'm going to be crying. There's going to be quite. No, no, no. You're podcast. fine. You're very You're nice. Right. Andrew. You're very no. nice. <laughs> It's all good. Um, so, so is that something, you know, and you talk about, you, you, you talk about this in connect like a pro, the, this, these underlying needs, is, is that you're kind of running filters and just kind of, is that something that you have unconsciously, like you said, you're doing it unconsciously, but you've. And sometimes it. intentionally. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. But you've ingrained it into yourself that as you meet someone, you're kind of running through those. One hundred is very astute. I mean that very astute. I am constantly vetting, fleshing out, determining, discerning, gleaning. So I want to be, if I want it to be healthy and productive, I'm trying to pivot to that underlying need. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's on a daily interaction. I think you, I'll give you an example. Walk into an elevator. When somebody's in an elevator and they're looking at you and they're smiling, they're one of the four. You know that automatically. If I said to you, they're one of the four, need to be liked, need to be safe, need to be right, need to look good. Which one do you think is going to start smiling at people and have that jovial type of demeanor? Probably to be liked. Andrews, again, two for two in Winnipeg. Good for you. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then I would pivot to that. That means you're going to have to, you're going to, have to start to pivot words and phrases and your demeanor towards mm -hmm. an underlying need. This mm -hmm. is complicated. This doesn't happen overnight. But the yeah. better you're able to pivot to people, the better you connect, the better you have healthy, productive relationships, both professionally and personally. People are eating this up, Anders. They love it because it's they've never been taught how to do it. Now, this is not a personality profile. It's not Myers-Briggs. It's not Strength Finders. It's not DISC. This is an underlying need, how people take in information and they decide whether it motivates them and keeps them productive or whether it turns them off. Yeah, it seems so much more direct than because it's a need as opposed to going into the personality assessments that you just talked about. And, like, and those personality you know, assessments are, are, are powerful. Yeah. This is a much more direct, easy to get your arms around, easy to embrace. Yeah. Once you start to understand it. That's exactly right. 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 And, and that's um, a little bit more applicable, a little bit more useful in the field where we don't have to, you know, go through all these questions or, you know, trying to decipher so I, I would tell you it's it is it's really useful and really applicable. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 people like I had somebody in one of my audience recently say to me, Paul, thank you. I'm like, for what? Now I know why my husband is the way they are for the last 25 years. I've been trying to put my finger on it and now wow. I did it. Yeah. So this is this is it. And the, and the, and the, I'm sure you can appreciate this. I'm older than you are, but I'm sure you can appreciate this. That in the workforce today, people appreciate skills and concepts that not only impact their professional life, but also impact their personal life. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what this, this is a life skill. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when it is a life skill, isn't it so much more rewarding to learn that life skill and use that life skill, right? Sometimes when if it's just work related, Oh, I got to learn this. I can't yeah. use this. In, I can't use yeah. it at home. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. It's but, not transferable. That's right. 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 And, and that, that also reminds me back in, in high school, I just remember there's always people in, in, you know, we were in whatever class and Mr. So-and-so, when are we ever going to use this in life? Right. Like that, you, know, <laughs> you mean with statistics I, and physics? I get yeah. it. I mean, yeah, you and I great. aren't, you might be in magic. I'm not. <laughs> right. Yeah. I actually have a physics degree, but again, I didn't really, that's uh, right. my, my joke is that I had to learn the laws of physics to learn how to defy them. Sorry, what's You're that? You're smart. You're really smart. Physics is... Oof. Yeah, but I forget <laughs> so much of it now. So it's like I haven't used it. So uh, That's, that's fascinating. Know, Paul, let me, let, let me ask you this. Um, you, you talked about generational changes and not yeah. doing enough research. You know, yeah. what, else, what else is changing out there in sales, in your opinion? Or maybe it is all just generational. And, and what do salespeople need to do to evolve to be able to deal with those changes? So the, the one that I see the most and hear the most because of technology is people have become really rusty on real life skills 
like mm. communication, like listening and questioning, like presentation skills. There's a rust factor because with technology, people have become lazy, complacent. Mm. And I will say this about the younger generation. They eat it up. They love it. They love it when you teach them real life skills like listening, mm -hmm. questioning, and presentation skills. That's the yeah. big miss right now. And, and, and companies are investing in it because they realize there's a gap right now. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And it reminds me, uh, like I have a 13 year old daughter and, you know, texting, texting, texting. And I'm like, get on the phone, like talk <laughs> to people, oh, no, right. Phone, just to, no. just to be it. able to have that in the moment, real time. You and I would pick home. up the phone. You and I would pick up the phone. I know, but they, but won't, do it. they won't do it. They, well, she does. She is more okay, and good. more, which is like, I'm kind of like, oh, good. Like it just, there's just so much more like when you think about people reading into the written words that don't have a much thought put into them as they were typed, right? And all of this humming and hawing of, oh, what does she mean, he mean, whatever, like just, you know, in real time, being able to converse with someone gives you so much more information and, and comfort, you know, and confidence in, in talking. So, um, good point. but really good. I, I do see those same, you know, like you said, so those same, um, weaknesses, we do a lot of, you know, trainings for companies who are exhibiting at trade shows and, you know, those, those interpersonal skills of, you That's know, right. being able to have interactions, it's, it's kind of like, oh, you know, and especially coming out of pandemic, there's people who have never been to a trade show before. So there's, there's even that gap, but. And uh, when you talk about the connecting piece, you have to communicate. Mm -hmm. Now you can still use the connecting piece on email and textings, things of that nature, but this causes people to, it's the verbal aspect to your point, it, not hiding behind the technology that really becomes a big differentiator. And, and they're starting to eat that up. Yeah. It, hiding behind a technology. I like that term that you said, because there is something about, you know, having, well, even, even virtual is a little bit different, right? We're not quite as, we're not. I would argue though, air. I would argue you can connect pretty. Oh yeah. No, well it's, virtually. I mean, it's very close, right? It's not quite the same, right? But, but it's very close, but then yeah, your texts, your words, your emails, like sometimes people do what's easy instead of doing what's effective. Right. And, and, and with that, you know, how do we, how do we like stop hiding? And, and I think you mentioned vulnerability earlier. So can we, let's, let's kind of peel, let's peel sure. back those layers and talk sure. about vulnerability and what that means in terms of connection, in terms of, you know, selling and, and, and that, that sort of thing. So, and, and I don't, so sometimes when people hear vulnerability, like, do I have to get on a couch and have a conversation yeah. about this? This is about, I want people to be candid. I want people to be vulnerable and I want people to be transparent when they communicate with people. That's the things that stick with people. In terms of the vulnerability, I want people to be more authentic mm. and more open when they're talking to people, whether it's a negotiation, whether they're selling, whether they're in leadership. The vulnerability means that people feel like you're being yourself. People feel like you're being more often than not transparent with information. And it allows them to want to open up and potentially be vulnerable with you. And in turn, it feels like you're being vulnerable with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the, I, I find that there is a little bit of a, uh, you know, people professionalism and we're talking about being a pro yeah. and being authentic. Sometimes somehow that can be seen as 
two opposing poles, right? To be professional is to be buttoned up right. and to be, right. I am, I am Mr. Professional, right? And not being authentic, but they can coexist. Do you want to speak to that? So I feel like, so I started working in the early nineties and what you just said, 100%, they, the professionalism and the authenticity, sometimes they could, they could bump up against each other where if somebody thought they were being authentic, they thought they were being unprofessional. Mm -hmm. And, and let's, I think the pendulum has completely swung the other way, a 180 where people in the workforce say, expect you to be authentic. And that equals you being a pro when you're communicating. Otherwise they feel like what you're saying to them is inauthentic, disingenuous. And sometimes they feel like I have to take a shower after having a conversation because it's not coming across. Right. So people are screaming for that authenticity. Yeah. I mean, and, and this reminds me too of, of uh, some places where they do bump into each other still in the sense that, well, let's talk virtual, for example, just because sure. we're both on a thing. You know, sure. I could have in my background, you know, you know, dirty clothes and things like, it could be a total mess back there. And I'm like, I'm being authentic. This is how so I live. Right. So this is a great, another great point. Yeah. The, when, when you and I first came on camera, I'm like, oh, he's a pro. It's the first thing right. I think. First, you got to, you have a stand up deck. Don't you're standing up right now, right? You have yeah. an adjustable. Yeah. You got a nice clean background behind you. You look, you look buttoned up. You look ready to go. You look like you've done this before. I'm assuming you've interviewed people in your career. Mm -hmm. And you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, that's the background you chose, or that's what you're wearing today. Right. And I and I feel like there is a there's a balancing out of act of authenticity and being a pro in what you're doing. Yeah. If you're somebody that looks like you just you just got out of bed, you don't care about what your background looks. I mean, I took I'm taking care of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I I have more people say to me, "Wow, you look like you're taking this seriously." Yeah. I get paid to do this first of all. Yeah. <laughs> my image, my brand is important to me. Maybe you should think about that. Not you, Anders, mm -hmm. but in general. Yeah. 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 It's it's that that well, not that balance, but it, it is this kind of thing. I think when we are when we present ourselves in a way that we want to be perceived, there shows that there's some effort there. And because of that effort, we we attribute that professionalism. We attribute that kind of That's right. um, like they, they want to be here, they're gonna value me if they value themselves and how they show up. So I think there's a lot of things that can build trust, you know, in those little details of how people show up. I think the honeymoon from COVID is over. So when the <laughs> virtual first began, all right, you cut people a break, mm -hmm. screaming pets in the background, potentially kids in the background, what have you. I think that that honeymoon has ended and people, if you got to get on virtually, I mean, people are interviewing all the time virtually. That's the most yeah. common way to interview. You need to, people listening to this, and I'm sure they are, because I know you have a huge following. Make sure you, you look and sound like a pro, whether it's virtual or in person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's part of how we show up now, right? We got we to gotta have your home set up or wherever you're going to, you know, that's right. get that uh, figured out. And then, of course, showing up. Uh, in person, uh, which is thank goodness back and and uh, happening. For sure, out there. there's a great balance. There's a great balance. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and so do you have any tips? Uh, I know you, you you talk about a lot, you have a lot of expertise, but let's just touch on negotiations a little bit because I sure. feel like that's a hidden, not a hidden part, but it doesn't get talked about enough. What are some tips for our listeners to, you know, and, and I, I know it shouldn't be a confrontational thing. You know, maybe let's talk about that. How, how do you look at negotiations? How does Paul look at negotiations? Yeah. Oh, it's your conflict. No, it's business. It's a, it's, I don't take negotiation personal at all, but I will tell you, depending on how you're built through an underlying need perspective Mm. can determine a lot, a lot of ways in how you feel about negotiation. So negotiate, here's the, here's the hard part with negotiation. Most people are not trained. They're not coached and they're not skilled on it. And, or they look at it as conflict to your point and they shy away from it or they're just not good at it. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you from a negotiation perspective, you need to, if this is something that you do from a business perspective, first of all, this is a, a negotiation is a life skill. If this is something that you're, you find yourself not being effective at, you need to, whether it's books, whether it's getting a coach for it, whether it's getting training, you need to hone that skill because as people have said, and there's a famous quote, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you negotiate. And that mm-hmm. is a skill. Yeah. Mr. Karras, by the way. Sorry, who was that you said? Karras. Karras negotiation. Ah, oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I mean, negotiations, everything's a negotiation when you look at it, right? Your kids negotiate with you all the time. That's you know, right. there's all this opportunity. Significant others. Practice those skills. Exactly. Right. Where do you want to go eat tonight, right? That's that right. Kind of that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. That's well, right. that's... Uh, and then, by the way, being vulnerable in negotiation is a very powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Listen, you know, and you've been in business for a long time. You've been very successful in what you're doing. You know that you have clients that like to negotiate. And you know, have clients who don't. Yeah. You must say Certain yourself, cultures, oh, was- right? Tend to negotiate more, right? Right. U.S. versus Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Could be. Yeah. It's, it, it can be an assertiveness, a lack of assertiveness. Mm-hmm. People look at negotiation. Why do you have to negotiate? Because that's a skill that that is expected in our culture, yeah. in our culture, Andrews, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and sometimes I think about selling things on, uh, on Facebook marketplace. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I want this much for it. I don't think about the people like, Hey, would you offer this? And like, they're always like, you know, making these offers and you're like, ah, I just, I should have intentionally went a lot higher to get down to where I really wanted to be. And, and, you know, sometimes just want things to be more straightforward. You know, like underlying these, there are also negotiation types. Yeah. Not personality types. The people have a different style when they negotiate. The analogy I like to talk about is the people that work for Walmart are probably some of the nicest human beings that you've ever met. They can be ruthless negotiators. It doesn't (laughs) match their personality. Right. So there are different types. So really from a negotiation, getting good at negotiation is you have to have an awareness of the aspect, the negotiation types. You have to understand how to negotiate price. You have to understand that there are tactics and strategies that people use and how do you counter those strategies? I've had the fortunate experience to work with some global procurements of Fortune 500 companies and they always wanted to bring me in to give the perspective of of the person they're negotiating with. Mm. like the vendors that they're negotiating with, yeah. give them their mindset. So it's, it's fascinating. They're highly trained, by the way. Global procurement oh, can be highly trained. Yeah, know? we do. We deal with that at, at our company too. And sometimes like, 
man, they're like, like feels ruthless compared to the little, the, the smaller companies. Right. But right. they, but remember they they're trained to ask, interest. they're yeah. trained to ask protecting the yeah. interest. That's exactly right. Yeah. I always have the same question to procurement when somebody asks me a question, where'd you come up with that? <laughs> like, how'd you come <laughs> up with that information? And you see people stop dead in their tracks. That's a great question to have in your back pocket for that. Sure. Uh, that's very cool. Um, yeah, no, this has been a great uh, time that we've spent. You ask great questions, well, Andrew. Yes, great well, questions. You, I, I think we also we're in alignment here. And of course, that's yeah. partly you being who you are in the moment for me, right? Which is a part of that, the part of the connection. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking of like, wow, this is just really time has flown by because we're kind of singing from the same song sheet. Good banter. Good banter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, how can, how can people get a hold of you, Paul, uh, in terms of if they want to reach out to you for trainings, sure. keynotes, uh, et cetera? Sure. So my website is the Paul Bramson companies and that's B-R-A-M-S-O-N, the Paul Bramson companies or paulbramson.com. And of course on LinkedIn, I have uh, my personal LinkedIn page as well as uh, my business LinkedIn page. Again, it's Paul Bramson, B-R-A-M-S-O-N.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing your knowledge with us. And I know that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got takeaways. I'm probably going to go back and uh, make a few notes from, from this episode. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate the interview, Andrew. You did a nice job. All right. Thanks, Paul. And to our listeners, thank you very much for joining us. And until next time, stay engaged. Thank you so much for listening to Engaging Personalities. If you believe this world needs more engagement and you're an industry leader or you have an interesting take on rehumanizing business, go to go.engageify.ai slash podcast hyphen guest to apply and come on the show. If you got something out of this interview, do you mind sharing it on your social media? Just grab a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag engaging personalities. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episode. Go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, engageify.ai or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening and stay engaged. Thank you.